very special guest yes. on the phone right now. Um, superstar, and I absolutely mean that, from the Melbourne City soccer team, um, reigning um, champs they are from the A-League, and that's Stefan Kolakowski. G'day, Stefan. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us, mate. How's um, the pre-season been? I know you've, you've just come back from international duties. That's correct. Um, I got thrown straight back into training on Monday, and uh, it's good to be back with the boys. Oh, absolutely no rest. Uh, Stefan, Alex here. How'd you find your time over in Europe? Was it a bit of a focus on soccer purely, or did you get a bit of time to, to do anything else? Uh, look, the, the reason I went there was obviously for football, um, but I had a, a, a day, pretty much a, a free day where I could see some family that I've never met before, which was, um, I was very, uh, I'm very lucky to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, it was, the experience was, I'm very happy I went and, and it's good to be back, but, um, you know, it's an experience that I'll remember for my whole life, especially playing against France. Yeah, how do you find travelling around in, obviously we've still got restrictions everywhere across the world and quarantine, things like that. How do you find it, that actual whole, whole process of having to do all that extra stuff? Uh, look, to be honest, very stressful. I mean, I felt like I, had, I needed about 20 pieces, uh, 20 pieces of paperwork everywhere I went oh. just to, you know, to prove I'm vaccinated and COVID tests and um, just everything, travel, you know, declarations and stuff like that. So it wasn't easy, especially because this was my first time travelling overseas. So oh, really? if you put COVID on top of that and, you know, I was I was by myself, uh, it was it was a bit of a challenge. Talk about the game itself because that's, I mean, that is a huge opportunity to go over there and you, you're going to have a decision to make when it comes down to playing for Australia as well. But... Um, to go over there and uh, and play what you said against France. Yep, that's huge. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, it was. Um, you know, uh, that like you said, that that decision about what national team can come later in my career. I mean, uh, with the Australian youth teams, they've never called me, and the Macedonia under twenty ones, you know, wanted to give me a chance. So I thought I'd be I'd be silly to not take the opportunity. And like you said, to play against France. I mean, these guys are. Kamavinga played and, you know, a week later he was scoring on his day before Real Madrid. So stuff like that um, will stick with me forever and and I was, uh, yeah, it was unreal. Assuming massive crowds as well. Was that an experience as well to, you know, just to feel the atmosphere of, you know, such a massive footy commu- uh, soccer community? You were cutting out a bit, but I heard something about atmosphere and yes. crowds. Yes, all that. Um, yeah. Uh, no, look, the, the game against France was, uh, yeah, well, it was in France. So so they had their fans. And um, look, it's not like, I can't say it was something new. Like, it's not like there was, you know, 50,000 people. You know, I've played in Melbourne derbies and in the grand final. So not that I'm used to big crowds but I've, I've experienced it before so it wasn't uh, I wasn't shocked or, or nervous about it at all. Yeah, how does that sort of like, does it make you want to push you more to get up to uh, sort of those those big leagues and get over to Europe like what what are your sort of goals for that and I suppose you probably don't think about it too much given you've got an A-league season ahead of you but where do you want to see yourself in five years time? Well, that's, that's a good question. I mean, 
every every young kid dreams of um, you know playing Champions League and Premier League and and in Europe and stuff. I think now that um, you know, not just because I'm here, but I, w- I really want to succeed at Melbourne City. I mean, uh, two seasons ago uh, was when I got my debut last season. Um, you know, I was kind of an impact sub and I got my real chance in finals time and, and I think I took my chance. So now it's all about progressing and really succeeding at Melbourne City because um, I want to play a role and, and become, you know, challenged for golden boots and stuff like that. So yeah. for now I'm, I'm really just focusing on I want to, I want to play a key role in Melbourne City's success and what comes from that will come. Like, I mean... Um, I, I don't want to worry too much about the future and, and mainly just focus on, all right, how do I help Melbourne City win the league again and be the best team in Australian history? Yeah, there was another young guy who sort of found his form come finals time uh, by the name of Marco Tilio. Tell us a bit about what it's like to play alongside him and just off the pitch as well. Yeah, he's a great lad. I mean, he, um, we were kind of in a similar boat you know, for the probably the first half of the season and kind of challenging for the same position I guess as that as that first sub to come on. Um and look he took his he is a he's a great kid and he stayed patient and he took his chance when he came and um and I'm rapped for him and, you know, he he's a good friend as well so I'm proud of him and um he's a fantastic footballer so I look forward to seeing seeing him help the team as well. You talk about as well uh, wanting to go and get the title again and all those good things. Have you? Has the coaching staff sort of talked to the boys about what are those extra expectations this year now that you are the reigning champions that everybody's going to have that target on your back and you're going to be the ones that everybody's trying to beat? Well, PK had a chat with us after we won the grand final last year and he pretty much said, now we're the hunted. And, and it's true because now every team's going to be going to be coming for us and um, but every team playing against us will be like their grand final. I mean, we uh, we want to set you know set the standards, and we want to go obviously win trophies again. And I think everyone at the club is hungry to to do it all again because now we've experienced that success, and um, there's no feeling there's no better feeling in the world. Oh, there wouldn't be. There wouldn't be. Now, tell us, your love for the club uh, runs very deep, doesn't it? I mean, I, I understand you're actually in the crowd uh, for their first ever game. Yes. yes. Yeah, I, um, I was a fan from, from day one. I mean, I used to, I remember going to games and with my cousins and my brothers and my parents. And, um, yeah, so it is kind of cool to be able to play play for the club, you know, you grew up supporting. Was that was that part of, I'm, I'm not too sure how many other clubs, I'm sure a lot of them were after your services, but was that part of the reason you chose Melbourne City? Well, I was, um, I was only in the youth team, I was in the uh, academy and, you know, youth teams at Melbourne City and my only focus was, you don't really think about um, other clubs, you know, first you want to make it in, in at Melbourne City, so City offered, me, uh, you know, gave me my debut and offered me my first professional contract. And from there, it's like I haven't really thought about anything else. I mean, to me, this is this is home, and the club knows that, you know, how much I love playing for the club. And um, so, for me, I don't I don't think about anything else. I just think about, you know, how how can I be a part of of this team? 
You sound like you come from uh, good stock and good, good commitment there, mate, and that's what we want down at Melbourne City. Yeah. Now, tell us, um, what was it like you know, the last year's grand final? A huge, huge event um, and, sco- and assisting um, Nathaniel's goal. That would have uh, been exciting. Yeah, of course. I mean, two seasons ago, we lost to Sydney. We, uh, we lost to Sydney in the grand final um, and... And, you know, a majority of the squad stayed on for, for the following season, which was last season. And, you know, everyone was just hungry to to kind of not get revenge, but to make up for what we missed out on the previous year. And for me personally, I mean, it was really, it was only my fourth start of the season. So for me, I looked at this, this was the biggest game of my career. And, you know, um, I was I was replacing the best striker in the country, the best Australian striker, you know, of of the last few years, Jamie McLaren. So um, I thought of it pretty much as a as a single swim situation. Like this is it. Do I really do I want to be part of history? I guess. And um, to get the assist, you know, after just going down one nil, was uh, look that'll that'll stick with me forever. I mean, it was a good moment, and it, nothing feels better than having my family in the stands being out like watching them and seeing them after the game and you know all the emotions so it was a very proud moment what have you learned from from Macca so far obviously it's got to always be handy having one of the best strikers in Australia on your side every week yeah look he um he's, he's the best striker in the country and he's been a great role model for me the last uh two years um you know he he, he always tells me to stay patient and he understands what it's like to, to not get much game time and he just says, you know, end of the day, whether you play five, five minutes, 15 minutes, 90 minutes, you have to make an impact. Um, and look, it doesn't help when it comes to game time, having the best strike in the country ahead of you, but in saying that, learning from him every day, um, not only as a, football, as a footballer, but as a person and as a professional is something that I don't take for granted and, and I'm very thankful for it and he knows that too yes, It would be very special Now tell us, speaking of very special um, you're now training out at Casey, the Casey Fields um, which is um, not that far away from us but it also, um, the facilities there, I know, it's, I know it's growing and it's going to be amazing but what's it like at the minute um, training there for this pre-season? Uh, look, it's good, I mean um like you said, the, the facilities, what they're going to be, is going to be probably one of the best sporting facilities in the country. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were at, we're at Bandura before, and you know they showed us the plans, and you know all of us players were like, "Wow, this is going to be something special." Um, and even now, I think it's really good that we're um, representing, you know, that that southeast community that I guess didn't didn't have any A League representation before this. Um, so for us, like as a club, it's exciting times because we want to um, we want to grow as a club and we want to keep winning trophies. And and now that we're going to have you know the best sporting facility in the country, it's only going to help us and help the community as well because it, I, I think it's good for everyone. Just before we let you go, Steph, uh, we were talking a bit before about how October's a bit slow for sports and we're not really sure what to watch or talk about at the moment. What are you watching when you're not playing soccer in the off-season? What, what, what other sports do you follow? Um, 
I'm not. I don't really follow any other sports, but uh, I just spent two weeks in quarantine, so I watched the new Netflix show Squid Game, the Korean show, which was uh, which was pretty cool, and I'd recommend that. And no, I'm not being paid by Netflix to say that. (laughs) (laughs) You will be soon, (laughs) mate. I hope so. Oh, very good. Hey, mate, we've got to leave it there, mate, but it's uh, so good to chat and catch up um, about your soccer journey. No doubt we'll um, chat throughout the season um, and hopefully uh, Premiership number two is uh, in the trophy cabinet uh, this time next year. Yeah, good luck, mate. Thank you very much, guys, for having me. My pleasure.